Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. And I am so excited to be here with you today on week four of our God is Good series. You know, this month we've been talking about just the goodness of God and how he's, his nature is good and how he's our protector and how he's a good teacher through everything that we need in life. And today I'm going to continue on with that revelation of God is good. And I'd like to actually talk to you about another facet of God, same vein, how he's good, but how he's our good father, how God is our father and he's a good father to us. And as a good father, he's also our provider. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. And before we jump in, I'd just like to pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this privilege to be able to stand here in this pulpit and just minister to friends and family and even people I don't know. God, we just make the decision now to just receive and if there's anything about you that we don't know, Father, we just declare that we want to know, God. We want wisdom, we want revelation, and most of all, we want to encounter you. That's what it's all about. That's the reason why we're here. So, Holy Ghost, I just give you permission to do what you will and speak as you will through me, and we just believe it's gonna be a great service. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so in Psalms 103, speaking about and just thinking about this, this revelation that God He's good, but he's also a good father. And as our father, a good father, he's our provider. You see, in Psalms 103, it says that the Lord is like a father to his children. Okay? It goes on to say that he's not a, a harsh father or a distant father or some angry Zeus Greek figure father. But it goes on to say in Psalms 103 that he is tender and compassionate to his children. He's a good father and he's tender and compassionate to his children. And that's you and I. You know, if we've come to accept Christ, that's you and I. You know, Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. The reason why he came here was to reconnect you and I to the Father. So as his children, we can expect that he will be tender and compassionate to us and to our needs. You see, I've come to realize over time that God, not only is he a father, you know, Jesus spoke about that a lot. He always talked about the Father, the Father, your Father, our Father. Even when we pray, he told us, Jesus himself told us to say, our Father. So this clearly defines that he is our father. We can take God for his word. I mean, if God didn't mean his word, then there's no point in living. But the good thing is he does. And it's the truth. He's our father. And as born again believers, we are his children. And he's a close father. He's not a distant father. He's actually someone who's very involved in our day to day and actually cares about the little things, even the details and the nuances about our life. And most of all, again, like I said earlier, he's our provider. He's our provider. He's a good father and he's our provider. So I'd like to jump this off with a scripture in Psalm 84, verse 11. And this will be kind of our keynote scripture here. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I'll read that again. Psalms 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. And no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You see, I love this scripture because this is who he is. And not only is this a picture of who he is, but if you think about a picture of a good father, to me, this would be what the picture of a good father looks like. You see, the Bible says that he's a son and a shield. What does a son do? Think about a son. A son provides all life's resources here as we know. It's energy. It's life. It's growth. It's Food, it's even warmth. You could say comfort. 
And it goes on to say that he's also a shield. Pastor Joe already touched on this, so I won't go too, I won't go too far into it, but he's a shield, he's our protection. And in the Bible days, the psalmist said that he's like a shield, a sign and a shield, and a shield would actually cover around you. A shield wasn't just something that, you know, you see in Lord of the Rings or something like that, or in the medieval times. It was actually something that covered about 75% of your body. And so you were actually covered by this. So he's our protector and he's our son. He's our life source. And I love here that it says, and, and this, is, this is God, our, our good father. Okay. And I love that it goes on to say that he bestows favor and honor. You know, favor is synonymous with goodness in the Bible. So he bestows goodness. That's the goodness of God. That's the goodness of our Father. He bestows goodness onto us. And no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You see, that's our good Father. That's our Father. He's our provider. He's our son. And he's our shield. And how about you? But if you haven't noticed, which I have, and I'm assuming you have because it's pretty transparent, but the world is very crazy right now. There's a lot of crazy things going on in the world. And if you look around, a lot of people don't know that they have a loving Heavenly Father. They don't know they have a provider. People are literally going insane. And I'm not harping or being cruel, but I mean, man, these are the last days. What do you expect? You know, God told us that perilous times would come. And there's no point in pretending to be spiritual ostriches with our heads stuck in the sand, pretending like bad things don't exist and things aren't happening. We're not going back to normal, so there's no point in waiting for normal. But God promises us that he'll be our provider. He'll be our son. He'll be our shield. You know, when it's dark outside, there can be light in our house. There's light in Goshen. He's our son. It doesn't matter how dark the world looks. You see, we have a lovingly heavenly father, and he promised to provide. And I'm not predicting doom and gloom. I'm just being real. But see, the focus is not on what's bad, okay? The focus is on who is good. The focus is not on what's bad. CNN needs to turn down. The focus is on who is good. Jesus and the Word and the Bible and these teachings, teachings like this, need to turn up a level in this season, okay? I'm not saying you can't know what's going on. I kind of like to know. I like to pretend like I know what's going on. I like to watch about five minutes of news a week. Just so if I'm in a conversation, I'm not that one guy like, what, that really, there was an earthquake there? Just a little bit, okay? But the point is, turn down the bad, increase the good, because he's where our focus is in this season. And see, when you realize, as we realize that, hey, my good father, God, is my source, he's my son, and he's my provider, then you start to get bold. You start to get bold, you start to get strong, and it's like, hey, you know, come what may, Come what may, I know that God is my father. I know that he will provide. It's like no matter how bad it looks, he'll provide a way of escape for me. You know, so I'm no longer afraid of what's going on in the environment or out in the world or even in my own neighborhood. You see, I know something that you don't know. I, I'm not saying that I know something you don't know, but it's like that attitude that comes on. It's like, you may think it's over for me, but it ain't. Do you know my God? Do you know my daddy? Shout outs to you, Pastor Ben. You see, he's our son and our life source. Like I said, he is Jehovah Jireh. You know, God named himself Jehovah Jireh. He gave us the whole name and the idea of Jehovah Jireh. We sing songs about it. We say it. We quote it. But he named himself and introduced us as if I came up to you and said, hi, my name is Joseph. How you doing? He came up to us and introduced us to himself. One of his names is, hi, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. 
You see, he's our good father and he is our provider. So think about this. If that's the truth, what can be taken away from us? When we know that God is our source, he provides a way of escape. He's our father. I mean, what's really the worst that could happen? You see, it's all about coming to know and trust our Heavenly Father as a good father and as our provider. Because you see, I do believe that we were each, everyone listening to this, was made for such a time as this, okay? And the key to living in such a time as this with victory is to really know this and understand this. And so that's our heart, and that's what we're endeavoring to do, and that's why we spent so much time on this teaching series this month. You see, God still has a plan, and he's doing many great things. And not only is he doing great things out there, you know, or way over there, but he's doing great things inside you and I. There's a reason why we're here. There's a reason why we're hearing this message today. Wherever you are, watching that stream, maybe even on your cell phone, there's a reason why you're listening to this. God still has a plan, and he's up to something good. You know, there's no way he's going to let the world in like this. You know we win. If you read the back of the book, we win, and we win triumphantly. And so that's exciting because our father's up to something, and we as his kids, we get to partner with them. You see, we're, you and I, as his children, and, his fa- and, and, and our father, we're part of the family business. You see, this is the family business. We're doing things, all right? We're doing things. And best believe that our good father has everything that we need to accomplish it. He's a good father, and he has provision and good things in store for you. I'm going to read a couple scriptures. Listen to this one. In Psalm 31, 19, it says, How great is the goodness that you have stored up for me. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. And then this is our good father. This is his heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know, God speaking, for I know, I already know, the plans that I have for you. And if you didn't know, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope in a future. The CEV says, I will bless you with a future filled with hope, a future of success and not of suffering. You see, our father is good. He's good, he's good, he's good, and he's our provider. And he promises over and over to provide any and all sorts of provision, necessary needs, assistance, help, guidance, understanding, breakthrough, revelation, wisdom, freedom, and grace that we need. Now, about, I don't know about you, but I mean, those things pretty much encompass and cover anything that I could possibly need. And that's good because my God's got it. And it's by Christ Jesus. So thank you, Lord, for that. And it's according to his goodness. You see, we've been brought in into the family of God. I know I said that earlier But when Jesus went to the cross and he died and he went to hell and he rose again and the victory that he won, when we choose to accept and believe that, again, we're brought in to the family of God. We're brought in to the family that owns the cattle on a thousand hill. I don't know what the cattle on a thousand hill looks like, but I know that that's a lot. Your God's got you covered. Your big daddy, he's got a fat wallet. He's got a big arm. He's strong. He can protect you. He can provide for you. He can give you that mate. He can provide for you. He did for me. I got a hot wife. That's the goodness of my father. I couldn't have done that on my own. Man, I was so screwed up back in the day. She would not have wanted me. But my father changed me. And he's very involved and interested in doing good and providing for you in your life. I like to read this scripture. Actually, I'm just going to quote it here. 
and it's a familiar one. It's Philippians 4.19, and it says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You see, it's the goodness of God that's literally pursuing us every day of our lives. Every day of our lives. Psalm 23 says this. It says, surely, surely, this is David, all right? This is King David, all right? Wonderful man of God talking about his father. Father God, he says, surely, most assuredly, I know that your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And so we can expect that. Our father's goodness, our father's provision, our father's love is literally in hot pursuit of us all the days of our life. Now, I'd like to point something out that David is actually the one who said this, like I said. This whole Psalm 23 passage is actually written by David, and it's a very familiar passage, okay? It's very popular. Lots of people quote it. Lots of people know it. And when I read the first, I'm sure some of you are already like, yeah, Psalm 23, I know that. I got that tattooed on my arm. Um, Whatever. But bear with me, because it's easy to think, like, yeah, that makes sense for King David. I could understand wonderful, powerful man of God, a king. He did all these things. I could understand how he would have a revelation of a good father, how he would have a revelation of God as provider, how he would have a revelation of daddy God. So actually, let me read Psalm 23. And this is David speaking. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I like the amplified translation. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. To feed me and to shield me, I shall not want. He goes on to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Ringing a bell? Like I said, very popular chapter here. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Okay? For you are with me and your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Now, it's very easy to think, like, yeah, that's David. That makes sense. But David had a lot of challenges growing up. You see, David didn't just come out of his mother's womb supernaturally knowing the love of God. He didn't come out, like many of us, with even a good revelation of a father. I'd like to highlight something to you. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, there's a pretty familiar thing going on. Um, so let me back up. In 1 Samuel 15, Saul was king. Um, Saul did some great things, and then Saul did some really not great things. And for whatever reason, he got into pride, and God said, you know what? That's it. You're not my man. And then God spoke to Samuel. He said, hey, I have a new man. I have a man who later on we found out is a man after God's own heart. And so God sends Samuel to anoint David as king. And so what happens? Samuel goes, uh, he goes out to Bethlehem and he finds this man named Jesse who had a lot of children, a lot of boys. And he tells Jesse, hey, I'm actually going to throw a feast and a sacrifice for the Lord. So I'm going to throw a dinner party and I would like for you and your boys to come. Okay, I'm going to read a verse four. I'm going to read this here. In 1 Samuel 16, it says, So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's going on, they asked. Did you come in peace? Verse 5, Yes, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. 
And then later on it says, then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. So we see that David invited Jesse and he said, hey, bring your boys, bring your family. It's going down. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to worship the Lord. Y'all my dinner guests. All right. Verse six. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Elab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. So apparently what Samuel would have thought is that Jesse brought all of his boys. He brought all of his children, clearly, because that's what he told him to do. But as you go down in the story, you realize that David wasn't even there. David was forgot of. It's not like Jesse and his family knew that Samuel was going to be here picking out the next king. And they said, no, these are the most fit boys. I'm going to bring these ones. That maybe I can understand. But this was a dinner party to them. Like David didn't even get invited to the dinner party. And it goes on to say that Samuel asks, are these all the sons you have? And then Jesse responds, well, there's still that one. They're still the youngest but he's out in the field watching the sheeps and the goats. And what goes on to happen is, you know, probably preaching to the choir here, but in case you don't know, Jesse sends for him. And then when David comes in, he's hot. The Bible says his body looked weathered. He had been working. Okay, they're all in here and getting ready for a feast and a sacrifice to the Lord. And David's still out there with the sheep and the goats. And then when he comes in, God takes one look at him and says, that's my man. That's my son. He's the one I want you to anoint as king. You see, David didn't, again, the one who wrote this Psalm 23, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You're my shepherd, my provider, I shall not want. That intimate revelation that he had, we can come to have too, because that came through a relationship, a relationship with God, a relationship with Holy Spirit that you and I can have as well. You see, David didn't come out as some triumphant king, as some wonderful worshiper. Like, yes, that was in him, but he didn't know God that way. He had to learn to encounter him as his father. He learned, just like you and I had the opportunity to do. And if you go on to read about David's life, you see that it was very evident. It's very apparent. God came through for him time and time again. God did wonderful and amazing things in his life, just like he wants to do in yours and ours. And if that's not enough, I'd like to tell you what, if you think, well, that's not that bad, maybe that's just being taken the wrong way, David probably didn't really have no problems or whatever, I would like to quote you David, okay? So David said about himself in Psalm 51, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. You see, Scripture goes to tell, uh, David goes to tell that he perhaps could have been the child of an illegitimate relationship. So when you think about that, think about what David had to deal with. Being disowned, maybe being the one that he felt like he wasn't good enough. There's no way that I could possibly have a wonderful heavenly father. Like I'm not even a real son. No wonder he was sent out there to watch the sheeps and the goats while everyone else went to party. And I'm here to say that that same opportunity for that David had to encounter and come to know God as a wonderful heavenly father and a provider is right here today for you and I. So that leads to the question of how do we do that? You know, how did David do that? There's many examples of how he did that, how he came to know God and how he came to trust God and how it started before he even became the cool, awesome man, David, that we read about. You know, the Bible goes on to tell us about how in the secret place he worshiped. In the secret place, he called out. In a secret place, when no one was even looking, he came to know God. And so that leads me to this question of how do we do this? 
you know, A, how do we come to know either in a fresh way? So a fresh way would be maybe if you don't know God is good, which we've been talking about all month, or you don't know God is a good father and a provider, or maybe in a new way. Okay, let's say you do, but let's say you just want to, you, you, you maybe got off the trail a little bit, all right? You maybe veered off a little bit into thinking that just by life's happenstance, you're your own source. Or maybe you got to provide your needs. Or maybe God supplies some of my needs according to his riches and glory, but maybe I got to fight and strive and miss church to cover the rest. I'm not criticizing because this is real. You see, in these days, God desperately wants us to know that he is a good father. He is our provider and he is our source. We don't have to worry. So what can we do? How can we, how can we come to know this revelation? How can we get this inside of us? Well, I have three simple keys and three simple things that I believe will, if we'll allow it, it'll help us come to know and encounter God in a fresh way as provider and as a, a good father. Number one is simply choose to believe it. God can do anything, but he won't force you to believe something. It's on us to choose. It takes humility and grace, but it takes humility to, to come before God and say, you know what? Maybe I missed it, or maybe I didn't know, but I'm going to choose to believe this. And honestly, that's step one. Step one is so simple. It's just a choosing to believe, and maybe you want to do some more study and go back on the scriptures that I mentioned. Maybe just go back and listen to the previous three uh, teachings in this month before this one, and let it, you know, let the Bible, let God build his own case for you that he's a good father and a provider. Let him do that. But then as he does that, and as you learn, which we are doing today, just choose to believe it. So that's step one, is if we want this revelation, we want to come into a new or a fresh encounter with God as our good father. Like you can know him as your good father. Not just some distant thing I pray to, but like a good father who's involved. And our provider, number one is we want to believe it. We choose to believe it. And number two, here's the next step. You see, we walk by faith, step by step. And here's the second step. After we choose to believe it, we're going to choose to expect it. I love Jerry Savelle, and I remember one thing he said. He said, and it stuck with me, because I'm like, man, that's bold. He said that? And as I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, why not? You see, when you know God's your good father and your provider, he's got your back, it does give you a bit of boldness. I'm not saying cockiness or pride, but it gives you a bit of boldness. You know, he said, Jerry Savelle said that, there's not a day that I wake up where I don't expect to see the goodness of God in some way. And when you think about it, that's exactly what David said. Said, that's scriptural. God inspired David to say that. He said, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So when we believe that, we're going to expect it. So we simply going to walk out in faith. We're going to believe it. We're going to decree that we believe it. God, I believe that. I believe you're good. I believe your goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. You're a good father. And so I'm expecting to see some goodness. I'm expecting to see some good things. And when you're expecting to see some good things, let me say this, you end up giving him opportunities. You know, that moment where maybe you might have pulled out your wallet to pay for that thing. You might have that second thought. So, you know what, God? You're my provider. I'm going to let you cover this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this opportunity to come to know you in this way. That's expecting it. You see, Psalm 2713 says, and again, this is David. I would have lost heart. I would have given up unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God. The New Living Translation says it like this. 
David said, yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here. Let me say, while you are there, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. You don't need to move to another place. You can be confident that you will see the Lord's goodness. You will see your father's goodness right where you are in the land of the living. I like to say this. I'm going to see the Lord's goodness right where I am in the land where I'm living. Amen? So number one, we simply choose to believe it. Number two, we simply choose to expect it. And number three, as we choose to just come into a fresh or a new revelation knowing God is our good father and our provider, which he desperately wants us to, we choose to receive it. And you receive it daily. There's a verse in Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, the English Standard Version. It says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You see, there was a revelation that was passed on to him that David knew. It's like no matter what happened, and, and David had times where he blew it. Man, I had times where I've blown it. But every day, there is new and fresh grace. There is new and fresh revelation here for us. You see, I've had to walk this out myself as we come to know the goodness of our Father. I had to believe it. I remember going through the Bible school, the LCSM, and learning about the goodness of God and encountering the goodness of God, and then from there learning that he's my father and not just a distant father, but a good father. And that was weird for me because I didn't have a real picture like David of a good father. And in fact, the only picture of a father that I had was literally a picture, like a photograph of my father, him holding me. I had a couple pictures. My father left before I turned two. So he was like kind of in and out around like the months, couple months age and the one year age. And then by the time I turned two, he was gone. So I didn't grow up without a father. I grew up with the resentment. I grew up with the hardness of heart. And maybe you're like, hey, I actually grew up with a father. But maybe you spiritually don't know that you have a father. Just because you had a father doesn't mean he wasn't distant. It doesn't mean that you know you have a provider. We can just take a look at our lives. And are we stressed? Are we worried? Are we in anxiety? Then we all have got some room to grow here. But you see, by these three things, by learning, and personally, I went through the school and I humbled myself and I chose, I cried out. You know, I, I cried out. I studied about the goodness of God to the best that I could. And I just opened myself up to receive the love of a good father. You know, it's not hard. It's not complicated. The Bible says if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a snake or a stone. If you ask to know the goodness of him, as daddy, as, as father God, he's going to show you. And so let's do that. We believe it, we receive it, and we're expecting it. And honestly, just by asking, just choosing to believe this about him and his nature, I believe he's going to show us things. He's going to give us opportunities. He's going to show us favor. There's going to be favor. There's going to be favor. There's going to be goodness showing up for you every single day, just as we choose to do this. And you know, Someone might be thinking, because there's always that one, you know, like I was that pessimistic one at one point in time. You know, it's like you hear a good salesman, it's just like, ah, I don't believe that. That's baloney. There's something in it for you. There is something in it for you or for me in this. 
coming to know the goodness of God, you know, coming to know God as our good father and our provider, there is something in it for us. But there's also something in it for others. And there's also something in it for God. Something in it for God, yes. You see, God said that, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So it brings glory to our Father to let him provide for us and be good to us. It also blesses us because God wants us to be blessed, but without the stress. You see, he promised a blessing to us without toil, and that's what we want. And then one more reason why this is so, so vastly important and, and beneficial for us is God gets blessed, you gets blessed. So yes, there's something in it for you. There's something in it for God by allowing him to be a good father and a provider for us. But there's also something in it for others. So you can't say it's selfish. I'd like to share this with you. Hosea 3.5, New Living Translation. It's talking about the goodness of God and knowing the goodness of God as, your, as a good father. It says, but afterward, talking in the last days, the people will return and devote themselves to the Lord, their God, and to David's descendants, their king. In the last days, they will tremble in awe of the Lord, watch this, and of his goodness. You see, in the last days, which we're in, people are going to be able to look and see the goodness of God, the, the reality of a loving heavenly father, of a provider, while they're struggling and scratching and scraping and trying to find love in all the wrong places and all of these things. We got it. And then they'll tremble in awe. That doesn't mean like be afraid, but that means like, wow, I, I, I need that. I want that. What do you know? Well, it's not what I know, it's who I know. Let me introduce you. You see, this revelation that God is a good father, he's our good father and our provider, is going to be a blessing to others as well. You see, God is good. I said it uh, probably 50 times in this message, but he's a good father. He really is, he's a good dad. And you can trust him. You can open your heart to him. I don't know who you are. I don't know who's watching, but it may, it, it may even be uncomfortable, but it's so worth it. He's so trustworthy and he loves you. He's our provider and not only that, but he wants to be your provider. He wants to take care of things for you. He wants to empower you. He wants to get you through even the day-to-day -day situations. He wants to get you through work. He wants to provide you with strength. He wants to provide you with the wisdom you need, the peace for your household, the restoration of your family. He wants to be a provider in any and everything that you could possibly need. And again, going back to our kickoff scripture in Psalm 68, it says that no good thing will he withhold from us. So I'd like to pray. Hmm. If this is you, and if you feel like this is something that I want, again, maybe in a new, for the first time, this is new to you, or maybe just in a fresh way. You just want this touch, this encounter. I heard God when I was just getting ready for this. He told me to just encourage people. He said, trust me. Trust me. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you again for this opportunity. And God, I'm just asking, you just bypass all of the, the extra words, and I'm just asking right now that you would just crash in just, just because you're good, just because you're our good father. I'm asking that you would crash in and show us and give us grace to understand the length and the depth of your love, that you would give us fresh revelation and wisdom to be able to comprehend your goodness 
and that we would see tangible evidence in our lives. There'd be a tangible relationship between you and us as our good father, our provider, and your kids. And Father, I thank you for it. I thank you that many will come to see it and they'll be blessed by it and they'll come to know you because of it. We thank you for that, Father. We believe it, we receive it, and we expect it daily. In Jesus' name, amen.